You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday weekend here on the horizon. Hope everybody's excited. Whatever you do, be sure to be safe. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at underscore, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, at Locked On Browns, all lowercase. DMs are always open. Follow back account, as you guys are aware of. Obviously, no practice today in Berea. Some news, uh, obviously some kickers were finally brought in today for a tryout. Nothing imminent. Um, Browns are saying due diligence, basically, you know, crossing T's, dotting I's. Uh, rumors of a workout, and this came down last night of former Seahawk, Super Bowl MVP, former 49er, former Raider, uh, linebacker Malcolm Smith. Malcolm Smith is a great cover linebacker. That has been his MO for, for his time in the league. Um, interesting that he does not have you know, much of a, an allegiance to anybody here in the Browns building with the Browns staff. Uh, so bringing Malcolm Smith in for a workout, we'll see what happens, see if he's offered, see if he's signed. Um, looking for maybe another alternative in that linebacker room after the loss of Mac Wilson the other day. This will bring us to the injuries. Obviously with Mac Wilson, we are still sitting in a holding pattern as he's waiting his second opinion from Dr. James Andrews as far as whether or not he can hold off season-ending surgery and find his way to possibly make it to back on the field uh, you know, this season, obviously we're going to have to wait at least, you know, a few more days, get probably fresh x-rays once again, once the swelling goes down and with, you know, then make, you know, what they feel is the best, best educated decision for what is best for Mac Wilson and his knee injury. Nick Chubb, the reviews are positive. Um, the headaches aren't there. He's attending meetings, and this is something you're first going to look for, because um, normally if you're going to sit and you're going to have to stare, you know, at a screen, um, and you are a guy in, within the uh, concussion pro- uh, concussion pr- protocol, this is something that's a problem. I mean, there's sensitivity to light, there's sensitivity to staring at something for an exposed period of time that you know it, it starts to you know hurt your head, and that is a sign. So whether or not Nick Chubb actually did have a concussion. I'm not sure. We'll probably never get a pure definition of whether or not he did, but the signs look good, and there is already talk about a possible return, maybe even as soon as Saturday, whether or not that would involve contact or not. That'll be wait to be uh, that'll be determined to be seen. If you remember Jarvis Landry at the end of Week Four last year, uh, you know versus the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore, he got hit in the late in the game. He was in the protocol, and that Friday he got cleared for which led up to that Monday night bashing against San Francisco 49ers. We'll forget about that part. But you know you can be you know taken out of the you know protocol pretty quickly. We saw it last year with Jarvis Landry. Maybe the signs are there that it will not be a long stint in the concussion protocol for Nick Chubb. The injury that came out, the injury news that came out yesterday, obviously after we recorded, um, Kevin Johnson. And now we've spoken about Kevin Johnson before practices began. Uh, he was a guy we actually would have loved to have brought in in the 2019 offseason. They were able to get it done in the 2020 offseason. Thus far through training camp, he has been. Good, really good. Um, his coverage instincts have been there. He's been making plays on the ball. Uh, you know, a couple interception, being able to uh, you know break up plays. He's feisty. Um, it looks good. And you know, Kevin Johnson's always been a question of health. Absolute freak injury. Um, when you're talking about something in terms of a lacerated liver, uh, it's you know, crazy. Um, you know, if you try to Google it, it's you know anywhere from two to six months. Um, obviously, the longer end of it is if it requires surgery, all intents and purposes at this point, it did not involve a surgical procedure for Kevin Johnson. So obviously, that bodes well. I don't know if there's a difference here if you are in the physical shape 
of a professional athlete versus, you know, the average Joe, if that means anything as far as, you know, whether or not you could be returned, you know, clear, be cleared faster, return faster. I, I don't really have any idea that I think there was Keenan Allen from the Los Angeles Chargers who had a similar injury back in time. But at the time, it was really late in the season. The Chargers weren't going anywhere. He was eventually put on season-ending injured reserve at the time. So we don't really know exactly how long it took Keenan Allen to you know heal from his. It's, it's a blow for Johnson because he's been playing very, very well here. And Kevin Johnson on this one-year contract, $3.5 million, with the incentives to make up to $6 million. Probably looking to parlay a good season into a two, three-year deal and, you know, maximize one more good contract in the NFL as he was a former, you know, first-round pick for the Houston Texans back in the day. Where does this leave the cornerback room? And uh, we've spoken all week long about the cornerbacks and how fantastic they've played. And it's almost everybody. Uh, You know, you saw Denzel Ward yesterday. Uh, Greedy Williams, uh, you know, obviously holding his own. Kevin Johnson has been playing very well. Terrence Mitchell is just, you know, like, he's like Big Ben. He's reliable. He's always there. Gets it done when he's asked. Donnie Lewis, we've seen a little bit of, not a lot. Uh, MJ Stewart looks good, looks comfortable so far here in his debut. Uh, You know, with the Cleveland Browns here, like we said, you know, a little bit, uh, he is a smaller guy at under six feet. But, you know, he's pretty yoked up. You know, he's got a, a good, uh, you know, built upper frame. He's obviously made some plays this week. Donovan Lombo, uh, you know, it was a former Cowboy. He was signed. It was very quiet signing through the, you know, free agent cycle. Crazy size. Crazy size. I mean, he is a legit 6'2". His arms are extremely, extremely long. He's an interesting dynamic in this cornerback room. Tavier Thomas, we've spoken to Tavier Thomas, you know, at length now for two years with the Cleveland Browns. He is one of their best special teams players, if not their best special teams player. Um, so, you know, haven't gotten a lot to see him in the actual cornerback rotation. But Tavier Thomas, uh, you know, obviously a presence here. And, of course, you know, the rookie A.J. Green, high investment, undrafted free agent, who the Browns really, really seem to like in an alternative, you know, an opportunity here. If there was one room where they could maybe have, have you know, withstood an injury. It's the cornerback room. Everybody to this point has played very well. Everybody looks really good. They're really, really deep at the position. So yes, you don't want to lose a player of Kevin Johnson's. You don't want to lose anybody. A player like Kevin Johnson has performed very well up until this point, but there is a lot of teeth, a lot of depth to that cornerback room. They should be okay to withstand this. The question is going to be, and the hurdles for Kevin Johnson are, you've got to get cleared by medical doctors. Then you've got to get cleared physically for contact. So it's a long road for Kevin Johnson. I mean, you know, could it be maybe October? I, I don't know. We'll see. So a wait-and-see approach. Um, you know, tough break for a guy like Kevin Johnson. Like I said, this has been part of you know, what's you know slowed his career is the injury bug. But, I mean, this is one you can't put on a player, just an absolute freak injury when we're talking about something like a lacerated uh, liver. Through one week of camp, uh, you know, we've got new your Browns news and your update here of the day. I'm going to take you through each positional group here. Just give some thoughts on, on each positional group offensively. Uh, we'll flip it up for the third segment, do the same thing defensively. Um, and this is it for your Friday you know, episode of Lockdown Browns. Carry you through the weekend. I've got a couple interesting guests, guests lined up for next week, which I'm excited about. So uh, we'll proceed on through with your Friday episode of Lockdown Browns. Your host, Jeff Lloyd. The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six brand new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond, 
crisp along, uh, along with the 12 original coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint, brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, coconut, toffee, almond, and peanut butter brownie. The browns are 100% chocolate covered. I'm sorry, the browns are, the bars are 100% covered in chocolate. Soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is a great for the health conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet. The cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams, 4 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code all caps locked on, and you will get ten dollars off your next order. Again, the promo code locked on for ten dollars off at BuiltBar.com. Possible chance at a free cooler while supplies last, so go ahead check that out at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code locked on and get ten dollars off your first order. So like I said, we're going to go through and we're obviously going to talk about you know some highs and lows and some positional things that I have noticed up until this point. The quarterback group, um, we, we Baker Mayfield, you know, there's times where it's not looking so great, um, where, you know, things just aren't clicking. You see clicking with Odell Beckham. You certainly see him clicking with Austin Hooper, Jarvis Landry, um, uh, a lot of other guys learning on the fly. Look, we talked a lot about taking these Zoom meetings and putting them onto the field and taking mental reps and visual reps and turning them into physical reps. You've seen Baker often get to a receiver after, you know, a rep and, you know, kind of, you know, with the hand movement, with the gesture, maybe you're not running deep enough, the route deep enough, maybe you're not rounding it off enough, you know, maybe it's too shallow. A lot of verbiage back and forth from the quarterback would be receivers as everybody is trying in this limited time. And these are things that probably would have been worked out through OTAs, but obviously with the unfortunate consequences of the way the offseason has gone here for the NFL, you know, some things are going to have to just go a little quicker on the fly. Um, when he's comfortable, when he's right, when there's no pressure, it's, you know, bing, bang, click, clack, ball, gone. Um, so Baker looks really, really good to this point. Uh, obviously, there's times, you know, in having, you know, Wyatt Teller would certainly be helpful a day like yesterday where Jack Conklin got the day off. Obviously, uh, the line still looking to mesh. And look, you weren't just going to throw these five guys out there. And, you know, it wasn't just going to come that quickly. As far as the backup quarterback, you can see Case Keenum is really, really familiar with the system as far as his decision making. I'll be honest, I think Garrett Gilbert, from what I've seen, looks like Garrett Gilbert's throwing a better ball right now. Um, it's probably not going to mean a hell of beans because what they're paying Case Keenum and with, you know, his. You know, being this comfortable in a Kevin Stefanski system, but Garrett Gilbert has been throwing the pill around. He's been throwing it around pretty well up until this point. The running backs um, now with Nick Chubb, obviously limited to what we've seen of Nick to this point. I don't have worries long term. Um, you'd like to have him back to get back in and just you know get the the reps, the flow. I'm not so concerned so much about contact. I'm not worried about ever with Nick in that. But you want to get Nick in here, and you want to see more of Nick as the receiver. You see, there's a lot of opportunities here for receivers in this offense. Um, Nick only participating in team period on Monday, and obviously it was just shortened. It was shortened and abbreviated for Nick Chubb. So this is what we want to see from Nick. We want to see him in here, you know, just obviously getting some carrots, just getting some work, you know, getting the sweat going, and obviously what we can start to you know look for him and where he can be involved within the passing, uh, you know, the passing side of the ball with this brand new offense. Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt looks fantastic, and this is one of the things that I think 
you know, some people forget a year ago about this time, Kareem was a little dinged up in camp. We knew he wasn't going to be here for the first eight weeks, first eight games. We knew that was coming. But with it, you know, he just wasn't looking like himself. Ended up, you know, having a hurting himself. So while Kareem Hunt was out for the first eight weeks, he was rehabbing from a surgery, you know, trying to get himself back. He's healthy. He looks damn good. He is taking like a fish to this wide zone system. Obviously, with the propensity to throw many passes to the running back, certainly is something that Nick, uh, that Kareem Hunt is not going to shy away from. Kareem Hunt looks fantastic right now, and it's it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful problem to have for Kevin Stefanski, not just with the skill he's got as far as the receiving side, is what he's got in these two running backs. It's going to be really interesting, and it's going to be really hard sometimes, and this way may affect the third wide receiver because you just may want to do some different things and maybe use Kareem Hunt um, more for that and Jarvis in the slot. There's a lot of ways you can go with the firepower they have at the skill positions. Kevin Stefanski, this is a great problem to have, and it's going to probably be, be really hard to screw it up. As far as the third running back, I think I would say it's weird. Dontrell Hilliard looks better in the receiving aspect of it. And then I think Dearness Johnson actually looks a little better in the the running aspect of it. I don't know if they're going to keep four because you are keeping Andy Janovich, who has looked fantastic so far in run blocking. His uh, uh, blitz pickup has been outstanding. He's a thick dude, put together well. Uh, and when, you know, like the, we use the old phrase, you know, when he hits somebody, they stay hit. Andy Janovich is one of those guys. Um, I don't know if we're anywhere close to an answer yet between Dontrell Hilliard and Dearness Johnson as far as who's going to be the third running back. The wide receiver position, look, Odell Beckham right now, he looks as healthy as he's ever been in the NFL. He looks as good as he's ever been in the NFL. The reception yesterday, you know, granted it was your maybe, you know, cornerback six, cornerback seven, and Sheldrick Redwine, you know, a reserve safety at this point. And Odell beat them both, you know, in double coverage to catch that ball. But that just, that is what, that is Odell Beckham Jr. That was the Odell Beckham Jr. for the New York Giants. The one who excels in situations like that. To see him make a catch like that yesterday shows you that he is really, really back and he's healthy, which is what Browns fans did not get to see in 2019 from Odell. Trust me, <laughs> I cannot wait to see more of this. I loved watching Odell Beckham Jr.'s first uh, you know, first years in his career with the New York Giants. I believe he is back on that level, and Browns fans should get pretty excited about that. Jarvis, what we've seen is good, and look, just easing him back in. Um, it's actually a surprise somewhat that he's doing as much as he is right now. No one thought he'd be in full pads at this point doing team drills. Granted, it is on a day-in, day-off basis, but it's great. It looks like Jarvis should be, everything should be ready to go, and uh, he should be there week one, you know, full bore, uh, 100% against the Baltimore Ravens. You get to wide receiver three, and this is wide open. And, you know, Rashard Higgins, we haven't seen much of Rashard, and obviously brought back, you know, had the relationship with Baker, uh, just still finding what is his niche, his role here. Um, Kaderil Hodges looked pretty good in the opportunities he's gotten. Uh, Damian Ratley, uh, look, it's you're getting nervous time here for Damian Ratley. It is to the point here where, you know, not practicing in this a limited amount of work that there is, it's not a good opportunity for Damian Ratley. And it's maybe, maybe time, getting a little nervous time. I'm a big fan of Damian Ratley, you know, formerly had been on the show here. Um, you know, it's time to get basically out the tub and get up on the field for Damian Ratley if he's going to have a fighting chance to make this roster. Taiwan Taylor, uh, we had talked about this the other day with Pete. You know, some, a lot of the things they like to ask to do with these third wide receivers aren't necessarily 
pure route running. Um, it's, you know, being a ball carrier. It's, you know, being a diversion as far as, you know, jet sweep motion and things of that nature. You've seen Taiwan Taylor do some of these things. He's looked pretty good in this role. So maybe a rebirth possibility here and a chance for Taiwan Taylor after, you know, a lost year last year and falling out of favor with the Tennessee Titans. Could be an opportunity here for Taiwan Taylor to get a bigger piece of the pie in 2020 here with the, uh, obviously with the Cleveland Browns. Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, it's a smaller sample size. And, he, you know, yes, Michigan, yes, big-time athlete, all of this stuff, but a sixth-round pick. You're taking your time, and I think what they're doing with him is they're trying to put him in winnable situations to start for him. And the confidence is starting to get there. A couple touchdown uh, receptions, uh, Wednesday's practice, getting the juices flowing, getting the confidence going for the young man. So, as you know, for him, you're enjoying what you're seeing there. Um, so, you know, maybe with confidence, you put a little bit more and more on his plate. But look, folks, the wide receiver three, and we're still not really sure exactly how it's going to be defined as what it actually means for Kevin Stefanski. Wide open. Who's going to get, you know, the most amount of targets behind Odell, behind Jarvis? At absolute crap shoot at this point. The offensive line, Jedrick, well, Jedrick Wills. I think Jedrick Wills still looks like he's thinking more than he's playing, which is 100% understandable. This transition he's making is big. Um, and so to think, so you're not going to get your quarterback killed. It's normal. Um, it's going to come with a little time. Um, and then that will start transitioning to that. This is how I do it. And you, you don't think twice about it. It's just the way it is just a little time. Um, and certainly to be expected, uh, in Joe Batonio, fantastic. I think Nick Harris to this point has looked pretty good. Um, you, the opportunity here where he's just basically been handed the starting center gig here for these first practices, not normal for a fifth round pick. But I think he's done a good job for the most part. Um, and the, the reviews are fantastic as far as his work ethic and you know, wanting to get better, asking questions to improve his play. So, you know, that with Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller, look, it, it, we, we've talked about that. Is he the most athletic fit for what they want to do with this offensive line? Probably not. But if he can be the big, bad son of a gun that he is, and nobody gets past him in pass protection. Nobody's going to care if he's a perfect fit or not. So I'm not worried about it, nor should the Browns be worried about it. Right tackle, obviously, you know, Jack Conklin. Um, most everything has looked fantastic. You know, one bad rep the other day against Porter Gustinson. We're not concerned about this. J.C. Treader coming back to this fold um, soon would be great. Uh, it doesn't sound like it's happening that soon, but the sooner or better as far as getting Mr. Treader back to here into the fold. So we've talked about the offensive side of the ball here. Yeah, my thoughts, what we've seen from each positional group thus far going through training camp. We're going to flip it up, do the defensive defensive side of the ball here in a second. Jeff Lloyd continuing to roll on through on your Friday edition of Locked on Browns. Hey guys, I want to tell you about a new website that just launched August 1st called OhioVersusEveryone.com. The site covers all Ohio sports and pop culture. They have in-depth, interesting articles about the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Browns, the Indians, Cincinnati Reds and Bengals, and of course, your Ohio State Buckeyes and more. Talk about recent art. Talking about a recent article I just read. Thomas Valentine wrote, uh, broke down the positional groups of the Browns, ranked them against the other teams in the AFC North. So go ahead and check that out on OhioVersusEveryone.com. Again, check them out. OhioVersusEveryone.com. That's Ohio vs. Everyone.com. The defensive side of the ball, you know, still waiting to see Miles Garrett and no concerns. You know, hey, you don't drive a Porsche on Tuesdays, you drive it on Saturdays and Sundays. So I don't think we're too concerned about where Miles is at. Finally got on the field on Thursday. Hopefully we'll start to do a little bit more on Friday. 
Um, All-world player. The Browns have everything invested in him. Uh, we're not too concerned. Adrian Claiborne. Um, I, I think he's been doing more than I would have expected for a 10-year veteran to be doing at this point in camp. Dressed every day to this point, going in every day, putting in the work. A little bit surprising. You know, maybe he'll be in line for a day off come soon. Uh, but the veterans look good, you know, as far as pass pressure, as far as, you know, setting the edge and run. Uh, this was this is another one of these picks that's probably going to go under the radar, but probably pay bigger dividends, you know, once we start looking at this, you know, in game situations. Adrian Claiborne, nice player. Olivier Vernon, another one. Obviously, he's been able to play. Uh, he's been able to do everything thus far through camp, and he's certainly a guy who's a candidate for a rest period here and well, uh, you know, here and now. Um, the discipline of Olivier Vernon is still there, sets the edge, and you're going to need that. When you've got most of these linebackers young and inexperienced besides B.J. Goodson, these defensive linemen are going to have to do their assignments to make things appear and come easier for younger linebackers with less NFL experience. So that's where a guy like Olivier should certainly come in you know, to play. Porter Gustin, look, there's just no way around it. You know, I mean... I'll give myself a high five on this one. I've excited, I've been excited about this guy. The opportunity last in the season for playing time last year, he showed pretty well. Now he's more educated. Now he is, you know, more refined within his craft. Probably had the pass rushing rep of the of camp thus far. Uh, you know, when his move, his pass rep against Jack Conklin the other day, you know, false step, perfect hand usage. You know, rare blend of an athleticism, and now we're using technique as well. You know, really, really nice few days for Port Augustine. Want to see more as we go. Uh, we've talked about some of the issues as far as the offense. One of the biggest issues has been Sheldon Richardson. In you know, as far as team period, he's been dominant. He can't be blocked. Um, his strength is sick. Quickness is there. Um, the motor is running like it's you know. It, when Sheldon Sheldon Richardson motor runs hot, he is a dominant, dominant player. Right now, he is on the top of his game, and this is a lot of the issues that the offense is having at this point. And this is why we always talk about the, you know, importance of interior play, whether it's guard or you know defensive tackles. Uh, you know, he's what, you know, five six yards from the quarterback. You know, he takes one step and beats somebody. You're talking about for a long day. Sheldon Richardson been fantastic to this point. Larry Ogunjobi been limited. We really haven't seen much of him in the team period, so we'll see how this plays out. Jordan Elliott, I, I like what I've seen, and now the opportunity is going to be there for a little bit more to be put on this third-round picks plate with you know Andrew Billings opting out. But Jordan Elliott looks good to this point. Um, just you know, going to have to continue to work, and you brought in specific defensive line coaches to work with you know hand movement and things like that. Just another one, Jordan Elliott. The things just need to get a little bit quicker, and they will. Um, it's again, it's a rookie. He's had no OTAs. He's had no rookie camps. You know, kind of learning on the fly here. You know, so just a little, you know, just a little bit more time, a little bit better technique, a little bit quicker technique. Jordan Elliott should be making plays. Eli Anku, Daniel Kwale, I mean, they are who they were. Um, you know, obviously Eli Anku is just a big, big, massive dude. You're gonna maybe hope he can give you some of what you, you know, you lost in Andrew Billings. Um, they seem to, you know, defensive line coach spoke on him. They said he moves pretty well for the size that he is. Um, we've seen these players. They really haven't done much. Daniel Aquale in there as well. Um, you know, if they are a fourth and fifth defensive tackle, me personally, would I still be looking at the market? Sure, I would. Um, but the, the question is going to be, are you going to use them? Um, you know, are you going to at least give them reps so you can get some of these other guys, you know, to be fresh going in and out? That's certainly going to be something to look for as we move on. The linebacker room. Obviously, everybody knows what Mac Wilson. Um, and for now, we'll, we'll just take the wait-and-see approach on, you know, where Mac is and, you know, what ultimately becomes the fate of his 2020 season. B.J. Goodson has surprised me. Um, he's 
a leader. He's got everybody in place. He seems to have a really firm grasp on this defense. He's barking. He's getting everybody fired up on the defensive side of the ball. Somebody on defense makes a play. B.J. Goodson is letting the offense know that they just got their butts handed to him. I like what I see so far. Um, we'll see how it turns into games. Um, this has kind of been B.J. Goodson's M.O., whether it's with the Giants, whether it's the Packers. It's you know looking good in some areas, and then when the lights go on, Maybe not so much, but I like what I've seen so far of B.J. Goodson. And this room could certainly use a veteran uh, veteran presence. Jacob Phillips, um, I, I, still, I, I'm liking everything I'm seeing. Um, you know, with time, you're going to put a little bit more on his plate. And certainly with Mac Wilson, you know, not here, creates a bigger opportunity for Jacob Phillips. Um, if he was good enough to be a stud at LSU, he's good enough, in my opinion, to play here for your Cleveland Browns. Just give him a little more time, start you know, widening the responsibilities of what you're asking for. Jacob Phillips is going to be a good player for the Cleveland Browns. Tay Davis. Um, now, this is an interesting one because we talk about you know other guys as far as special teams propensity. He was a great player for them last year on special teams. Um, looking pretty good as a linebacker here thus far. So if the opportunity is there and you can get 10, 15 reps a week out of him as a linebacker and you're still going to get that key special teams play, it's been interesting at this point. So Tay Davis, you know, pretty impressive. Cornerback, you know, group, we got to this a little bit earlier. You know, Denzel yesterday with the pick six going the distance. Um, then you have Greedy Williams. Um, sadly, Kevin Johnson going to be out for a while. Terrence Mitchell looks fantastic to this point. MJ Stewart certainly growing, climbing the ranks here, so to speak, within this cornerback room. Tavier Thomas, similar to Tay Davis. And A.J. Green, you know, had a couple big plays yesterday, got the D fired up. I'm excited about this kid. Um, great story. You know, he went through a lot through the entire draft process. So we'll see how this uh, you know plays out getting closer and closer to games. The safety room, um, Grant Delpit, everything that has been advertised to this point. Just can't get away from it. Um, you know, whether it's close to the line of scrimmage, whether it's in coverage, Grant Delpit just showing out. Sheldrick Redwine. Um, it's coming along slow, and you know, obviously he's getting the least amount of the reps of the top guys, getting more reps with Carl Joseph rotating in and out. Andrew Sandejo, you see, and again, another 10-year veteran. You see how these guys stick in the league. Wherever the ball is, Andrew Sandejo seems to be in the frame. Again, close to the line of scrimmage, even if it's in coverage. Big interception the other day on an overthrown ball to Najoku. Was able to get a you know nice return. Heady, smart player. Most likely the guy who's going to be making the calls back there. You know Andrew Sendejo, another guy who's impressed to this point. Carl Joseph, we haven't seen much. And again, he is on the Landry plan. You know, day off, day on. You've got to protect a guy like this. You know, because we've talked about this. You know, on the, you know, before. Carl Joseph is just a heat-seeking missile. He likes to blow people up. But at the same time, it's been a detriment to his own body. So I don't know if you're going to see the full effect of Carl Joseph <clears throat> in just practices. So there you have the offensive side of the ball. You have the defensive side of the ball. We got you your Browns news. We got you your injury updates. It is Friday, folks. Enjoy your weekend. Have a couple of cold ones. Stay safe. You go out, mask up, people. I can't stress it enough. Mask, 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 mask up. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.